Hello, and welcome to the Nashville Sounding Board, the podcast dedicated to discussing social and political issues in the Nashville community. I'm your host, Benjamin Eagles. This episode is about Metro Nashville government's revenue shortfall and the current budget situation. Metro Council is in the midst of the budget process, and Mayor Briley's proposed budget is notable in several respects. The cost of living adjustments for Metro employees were not included, Metro Nashville Public Schools budget request was not fully met, and Mayor Briley's budget is contingent on the sale of several Metro properties. For this episode, I'm trying something new, a guest host. I want to extend a big thank you to Steve Cavendish, who agreed to step in and host this interview. Steve Cavendish is, of course, the former editor of the Nashville scene. Steve sat down with council members Taneka Vercher and Bob Mendez. Bob Mendez is a councilman at large, and Taneka Vercher represents District 28 and is the chair of the Budget and Finance Committee. Without further ado, here is their discussion. So let's get started with uh, some introduction questions. Both of you are on the council. Uh, I think both of you, uh, um, people are familiar with you kind of as public figures, but what's something interesting uh, about you that most people wouldn't know? What would people not know about me? Uh, Big Star Trek fan. Um, I think the first Star Trek episode of the original series aired the week I was born. I've probably seen every second of Star Trek programming since then. Something that people don't know. Um, I get that question, what my day job is, um, because they think the council is just just my job. I'm a 16-year higher education professional. I work in financial aid. I am a huge sci-fi fan. Um, I'm an avid reader, and I scrapbook. All right. (laughs) Well, all right. Um, And uh, while we're kind of in this vein, everybody's putting together summer reading lists uh, right now. Uh, What's a book maybe that you've read recently that you really liked, or what's a recommendation you can give someone uh, for a book to read for the summer? Let's see. I I read uh, the Grant biography um, recently, and I mean, that's a big book that'll take you most of the summer to get through. Um, And that's that's fascinating. Um, You know, he's really got... uh, um, three significant parts of his life before um, the Civil War, during the Civil War, and then the presidency. Um, so I think that's worth a read. I think um, 48 Laws of Power, if you are into materials such as, as art and war, um, I think that's a, that's a great book. That would be one I would recommend for summer reading. Excellent. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, we're here to talk obviously about the budget and the city's financial picture. Uh, we're in the midst of one of the biggest booms in the city's history, uh, but we're facing a revenue shortfall and a bit of a budget crisis. In your estimation, how did the city get into this situation? It's a, a, a combination of, of factors. Um, projections is one. Um, obviously, um, from those projections, um, we didn't meet the targeted revenue that, that we had projected for. Um, we had an increase in adjustments as it relates to um, evaluations um, for properties. We also um, dipped into our reserves also. So it's, it's a combination of things. It's not just 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 one thing. And I, I, I want to say this because uh, I think it's critical that 
that listeners um, understand that we are a growing city and we do have some budgetary challenges um, this budgetary cycle. But with all that, um, we're not cutting any services um, for, for the citizens. Um, what is going to require us to do as, as leaders in the city is to make sure and just comb through that our priorities really align with um, taxpayers' dollars. And that's what we're going to do throughout this, this budgetary process. It's still early. We're, we're still, I would like to say, in, in the infancy of, of the budget. Um, we do have the mayor's recommended budget. We just concluded the, the public hearing. Um, so now the real work begins for, for the council. We do know that um, the cost of living adjustment is, is a priority um, for the citizens, and, and education is also a priority as well. Um, I agree that there's uh, multiple factors that go into why we have a shortfall, um, but really the, the single biggest one is that we've, uh, we've botched the setting of the property tax rate. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk, for example, that um, we, we've done too much in corporate giveaways um, and tax increment financing, et cetera. And, and I agree that we need to look at all those things um, strongly. But just to put uh, some scope on it, um, Metro Finance says that for the next three fiscal years, um, uh, just to continue providing existing government services, we'll add $150 million worth of new need to the budget between um, employees figuring some basic inflation and new debt that we've got online. So uh, the known need for no expansion of government, just bouncing the ball, keeping what we've got over the next three years is $150 million. And in comparison, if we canceled all tax increment financing in all of Nashville, that's $22 million that we'd pull back into the budget. And um, so from a scope perspective, you know, the, the, if, if we just dramatically were able to somehow eliminate all tax increment financing, it would cover just barely 15% of the known need over the next three years. Um, there are multiple factors, but the single biggest one is that we just flat out set the tax rate in the wrong spot last year. So uh, let's, let's talk about that. In particular, the need for uh, the, the need for a tax increase. The, it's been explained to me in a couple of different ways, and I'd be interested to see if if you guys think that this explanation is kind of holds water. That the city has needed to do, it has needed to change the cycle of its uh, property tax increases, so that there was a change in the in the property tax rate in the second half of the in the second. Um, Purcell administration and in the second Dean administration. Uh, and uh, in order to kind of break that cycle, we needed to do one in Mayor Barry's first term, and we didn't do it. it do you think that's an accurate sort of way of looking at it? And, if, uh, and if it is, then why didn't we do it? I think we um, have gotten off track of historical norms um, from the uh, early 90s um, through... 2005, every time there was a reassessment, there was a tax rate um, increase at the same time. And so that's through the Purcell administration. Um, in Dean's first term, the um, Great Recession hit, and um, that 20-year uh, custom 
um, 15 year custom had been broken. Um, and uh, Dean did one increase during his uh, two terms as opposed to two, which is what Bredesen and Purcell both did. And at this point, you know, now we've managed to do one increase um, since uh, 2005. Um, so instead of what for a long time we did a rate increase every four years, now we've done one in 13 years, um, and we've stretched it as long as we've ever stretched it between increases at this point with, um, according to the mayor's office, no need this year, no need next year. Um, and that's, uh, we're, we're, out of, we're out of sync with where we've been historically. I'll just speak candid. Um, transit consumed uh, a lot of time. Um, both for for the administration, council members, um, every everyone in the city, and I don't want to speak to uh, the decision making of, of of the prior administration, but I would be willing to bet that to increase the rate was not well. I'm sure it was considered was not done because um, they were betting on the passage of of the transit referendum. I would think that they wouldn't want to to tax um, citizens citizens twice. Not saying is is right or wrong. That's just the dynamics to where we were. Um, transit it changed the, the 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 dynamics of of what we've done historically. I would think if if we were not considering um, transit um, during this time maybe we would have already um, done, those, done those things because everyone knows that um, the, the population of the city has, gone, has, has grown and the demand on services has also grown. And as uh, Councilman Mendez already alluded to, we know we haven't kept the trend going. So I would say that's part of it. The next factor is, is that we as a council, and, and I'll say for me, this was just something that, that we missed. We were drunken with with headlines, um, the the it city, the the lowest tax rate in the, in the history, and I think we just um, we 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 missed this one, and um, that's just as candid as as I can get as it relates to um, why we're here now and um, why this proposal is is being considered. If, if I may, um, so on on both of those points, um, uh, just a slightly different take. You know the the idea that the administration was uh, betting on the transit referendum, um, and and so the budget would be okay. I think I'd maybe be a little more cynical than that, and and say that <clears throat> there was a conscious choice that to pitch transit. Um, they wanted to say we've got the lowest tax rate ever, um, and uh, even if transit had passed, maybe this uh, budget crunch would be a a little bit less um, serious because there, there might be some sales tax money to go to MTA. Um, but I've heard that that maybe would have, uh, there would have been maybe a $15 million savings out of the operating budget. So when you look at $150 million worth of need over three years, um, even if it had passed, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have fixed the, the budget problem. Um, so I, I think there, there was a, um, uh, frankly, a, just a political decision of we want to be able to say it's the lowest tax rate ever, so you know transit's okay. Um, and then as far as the council responsibility, I definitely agree that um, we, we, we missed it. Um, you know, I, 
uh, I'm not sure whether we were um, confused or dazed by the success of the city. Uh, you know, the best I've got as an explanation of how we collectively missed it is uh, with term limits, there's, there's uh, literally nobody in the council who's been around for um, two rate hikes. And so that historic rhythm, you know, I don't know that any of us really realized we were out of, that out of sync with what had happened historically. Let me press on that just a little bit because this is the reason why you have you know, uh, finance professionals uh, kind of within the administration. Certainly, Rich Riebling, who was Mayor Dean's uh, finance finance guy and is now COO under Barry and uh, and now Briley, should have had some recognition of this. Current finance director should have had some kind of awareness of where the city's revenues were going to be and kind of how we were going to need to forecast for this. Is that a fair criticism? How much of this should be on the council? Obviously, the council should take uh, some responsibility for it. How much of this should be on the, on the administration? Well, um, my view is there's uh, plenty of blame to go around. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, not thrilled to uh, take personal responsibility and have the council take responsibility, but we have to. And by the same token, I, I do absolutely wish that there had been some voices from the administration last year saying, so, you know, it's been um, uh, five years since we've done a rate increase. That's already at the high le- end of what we've done historically. You know, this isn't the way we do it. Usually when we've done it this way in the past, you know, the last time we had the lowest tax rate ever, it lasted all of one year um, before a 75 cent um, increase. Um, you know, we didn't hear those voices last year, and I do think it is fair to criticize um, the administration for not uh, letting us hear those voices. Yeah, I, I don't want to point blame either, um, but it is it is a a, a, a fair um, criticism. As a body, you know, when we make our decisions, we're making it um, with the best information that we have at the time. And um, was there some pertinent information that we needed as a body? Absolutely. If we had had that information, would we have made um, a different uh, decision? Would there have been um, uh, more, more, more debate? Um, absolutely. So it's it's a fair criticism, and it's it's not about about pointing blame. We are at this point because historical information was not was not disclosed, and I, I would think that well, I know it wasn't uh, many council members don't fully did not fully understand the the ramifications of of us touting having one of the historical. Um, tax rates um, um, in the history of, of, of the city, so it's it's a fair criticism. And and so it's 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 not about blame, but it is about. Um, so what does that mean when we consider budget this year? And again, I'll I'll be blunt about it. Um, I I believe there's a political decision going on this year and one plan for next year to not propose a rate adjustment because there's a mayoral election going on. Um, you know, the, this, this budget is built on quicksand um, for this year, completely undoable. And even if we don't have 
service cuts this year. We're absolutely on track for service cuts next year. I think both the budget director and the mayor have indicated there will be um, that we don't need a tax rate increase next year, but there will be across the board budget cuts. Um, and it's uh, the idea of setting the tax rate purely from a political point of view rather than um, letting the budget um, be built on the services we need is not the way to run the city. That was going to be my kind of follow-up. We're 14 months away from an election for for both mayor and council. Is it palatable to push through a tax increase at this point politically? Uh, no. However, um, we get the choice of, uh, you know, I'm, like the rest of the council, I'm up for re-election in 14 months if, if I decide to run. Um, and, uh, you know, so we get the choice of, argue for a tax increase in 2018, which will be unpopular among some people, or we can um, not do that and in the midst of running for re-election next year, be ha having uh, no pay increase, not funding anymore for schools and across the board budget cuts, which will be extremely unpopular also. And so from my perspective, you know, like, uh, um, we're in office, even if you know those of us have been in office for two and a half years. Like we're in office, we're we're part of the problem, and uh, we're going to bear the brunt of either the rate increase or the why can't Metro fund itself. Um, either way, I'd rather at least get us on the right track financially, um, knowing that I mean there's a political unhappiness either way. Um, if if I choose to run next year, I, I, I don't want um, the body to be challenged with the same issues that we're facing that we're facing this year. During this budget process, um, re-election is, for me, um, is, not part, is not part of the equation. Um, I'm looking at every proposal, and I've, I've said this publicly and in every interview that I can, that I can give, is that everything will be considered, be considered that's gonna be in the best interest for, for the city. Do we need an adjustment and a correction? As a body, we can all agree that, that we do that we do need it. Um, one, because um, um, the demand on services. Two, because of just the historical trends. And, and also um, just correcting it so that it makes sense to, to the citizens. They see all the cranes. They see all the buildings. Um, they see all the headlines. It's, they still can't reconcile um, if we're the id city that we're faced with, with budgetary challenges. I don't like to call it a crisis. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but we do have, have, have some challenges. If you are enjoying the Nashville Sounding Board, please leave a rating or review on the Apple Podcast app or your app of choice. So... In the budget that's that's coming up now, um, it's a couple different proposals out there to to trim somewhere in the budget. Uh, obviously, there is a desire expressed by some to get cost of living increases back into the budget or to to give some more money uh, back to MNPS. Um, what what specifically could come out of Mayor Bradley's budget? Well, we've got a budget and finance committee meeting this evening that we're planning on being a, a long 
long multi-hour meeting. And I think the, the point of this evening is to hash out what ideas people have for um, cuts. Um, and uh, so we're gonna find out soon uh, what can come out. You know, my, my suspicion is again, I, I talk about the the scale of need between now and the next reassessment is $150 million um, with adding nothing new to the government. And, and I suspect that the scope of cuts that we can agree on, and I, I don't know what they'll be, um, uh, but um, yet, but I think the scope is gonna be 5 million, 10 million, 15 at the high side. And so if we uh, go even to the high side of that, it only covers um, you know, less than 10% of the need we've got. Like, I, I, it, it is difficult um, to make cuts without getting into um, uh, uh, muscle and bone you know, pretty quickly. As it relates to cuts, uh, like Councilman Mendez said, we, we have a, a work session today, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be cuts from, from various um, line items in, in the budget. What those are, I don't, I don't, I don't know yet. Um, we, haven't, we haven't convened yet. The scope of the meeting today is, is, is to, one, uh, make sure that we're all um, on the same accord as it relates to, to our priorities. Um, we will discuss. Um, I don't like to say cuts because it's, it's real. I like to say reallocation of funds. <laughs> How we're going to reallocate those funds it's, to? Isn't, isn't it a reallocation <laughs> if you reallocate it? <laughs> it sounds a little softer, right? Um, how how those how those uh, particular. Um, Cuts is going to allow align with 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 our priorities, and also to just have a a candid um, discussion. Again, this is this is unprecedented for 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 um, for this body. One we we've never really um, done a a uh, I hate to use a council ladies wiener's word a deep dive. Um, uh, in, in, into the budget because we've only looked at it as, as, as a point in time. Um, what's going to be unique for us this budgetary cycle is is that um, we're going to have to look now and also um, project move, moving forward. I can, I can give you, I mean, some of the things that I hear talked about, but again, this is all under my point of in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't add up to very much, but I hear um, people interested in looking at the um, fairly dramatic increase in salaries in the mayor's office um, over the last couple of years. Um, but if you whacked that pretty hard, it might be five or $600,000 um, that you find there. Um, there's uh, talk, I think, unfortunately, about um, cutting into um, uh, grants and dollars given to various nonprofits for um, arts and uh, really a, a wide range of quality of life things in Nashville, um, where, where we rely on nonprofits around town to, to do some of that work. Um, the money given to the chamber every year for economic development. Um, some people talk about, I've heard, it's all over the couple place. hundred thousand dollars for the entrepreneur center. And, and I don't mean to put the fear of God in any of those organizations. Um, but you know, if you, if you just had a bloodbath and got rid of all those things, you know, I mean, I just named two and a half million dollars at the high end. Um, it doesn't really make a, a dent. You have to start getting into, um, sidewalks, roads, infrastructure, 
jobs um, to to get to, uh, an amount of money that even gets to five percent of the need. So, so as we're moving forward in in the budget process, um, the the main question. Um, and I, I hope as chair we would come to, to a consensus as to what do we want this budget to reflect. Do we want this budget to, to just get us through the next year, or do we want this budget to, to take into consideration um, year two, year three, and, and so forth? And I don't, have that, I don't have that answer yet. One of the things Mayor Bradley's talked about is potentially property uh, sales. Do you see the property sales going through the council? If so, is selling assets uh, a good way to look at addressing recurring expenses? So I'll take that first because I know Council Lady Vircher as chair of budget and finance has to, like by design, um, be a little bit more of a neutral party. Um, and maybe she's got an opinion, but I, I'm guessing mine's um, more strongly stated. Um, first of all, um, selling hard assets to pay for recurring cost is a ridiculous idea. Um, if you've got surplus property, sell it in the ordinary course, put it in the general fund, and then allocate it. But this idea of making a budget contingent on selling hard assets is ridiculous. That's the quicksand I was mentioning earlier. Um, and then more, practi it, more practically, uh, these three parcels of property that are going to be sold are in three individual council members district and each one of those three council members is very opposed to the sale of the property in their district. Um, one of them I know for sure would need uh, rezoning to have any material value whatsoever and the district council member has made it clear he won't um, propose the zoning change and if none of that large council members um, are the sponsors of it, which I doubt they would be. Um, it's unzoned. You can't do the rezoning, and there's no value there anyway. Um, and and that just puts a fine point on the play. It's it's a horrible negotiating tool. You know, how, how do you like to go into a sales process where every buyer in the world knows that you got to sell it this fiscal year in order to make um, the sale happen? I'm pretty sure that is quote unquote a fire sale. Um, and a lower price. Um, every every bit of it is is wrong, and um, it only sets up a greater challenge for next year. If you sell twenty three million dollars worth of real estate next year, what do you do next year? Find another twenty three million worth of real estate to sell, or find twenty three million dollars worth of cuts? It's just it, it's a, a very poor way to operate. Is it is it ideal? No, um, but. We're working off the, the, the recommended budget. So one, nothing is finalized. Um, it's all part, part of the, the process. Fundamentally, that's one of the questions that, that we as a body, we're going to have to explore. Um, and that's why we have the, the, budget, the budget process. So um, I'm just working off of what we have as, as a recommended budget. Ideally, ideally, no. Ideally, no. You don't want to, in any budget, um, you, you don't want to pad your budget this, this way. One of the other sort of big bits of public uh, contention within the budget is, the, uh, is funding for MNPS. Does the council or you specifically have, uh, any, have an idea as to what you would consider MNPS at being fully funded? And is there a target amount that 
we should be looking at on on a per pupil basis or some other metric uh, that we should be shooting for to fund this, uh, to fund MMPS. So that's a, a complicated question. I think the first part about what's fully funded mean. Metro is hamstrung a little bit by, I think there's a very strong argument that our schools are uh, being shortchanged by the state. And we don't need to go into that now, but I, I think it's pretty clear we get shortchanged by the state compared to what we ought to get. And so immediately, even if we were doing our fair share in Metro, then the school still wouldn't be fully funded. Um, and, and so that, that messes up thinking about what fully funded is. Uh, it's hard to get apples to apples on a per pupil basis um, because we've got uh, so many students, for example, that uh, um, were English as a second language, and so that adds to the overall cost. So comparing us from one county to the next, we're going to be more expensive. We should, to be fully funded, we should be more expensive, and we're below instead of ahead. Um, so we're, we're definitely not fully funded. Um, you know, as far as the right amount for the budget this year, you know, uh, my view is we elect school board and they've got uh, professionals um, with Dr. Joseph and his staff that, that run the schools. And uh, I mean, I'm prepared to accept their number um, as the definition of what fully funded means. Um, I'd have to find another couple hundred hours a year to um, have any deeper opinion than that. <laughs> So um, as it relates to, um, you were asking for a targeted number. Um, we don't have a, a, a targeted number. Um, I, I want to go back just, just, just to the process because um, the listeners need, need, to, need to understand. We first have to make sure that we come, um, that we have a consensus as to what, what we're working towards. And, and I would believe um, our first priority um, is COLA. We do know that's, that's the priority. The schools have outlined from the mayor's recommended budget um, if we were to find additional funding, um, what, those, what those priorities um, were, well, what they would like those priorities to be. So as a target number, no. Um, the priorities that we're trying to work towards is, is, is COLA and, and, and schools. We first have to uh, identify how we're going to fund them. Are we going to go with um, Councilman Mendez and others' uh, proposals as it relates to um, the tax rate correction? Or are we going to go with, um, as some other colleagues, um, going through and, and making various cuts in, in the budget? We're still very early in, in, in the process. And I don't have that answer. I don't have that answer yet. Um, the listeners need to know that that we are working through it, and that there's nothing off the table. All solutions will be will be considered. This is tough. It's it's a challenge. It's not a crisis yet. We're not talking about eliminating positions. We're not talking about reduction. Um, and, and services. So we're not at, at crisis yet. So as a body, we're going to have to decide how we continue to, to starve off that crisis. Uh, many observers have, have said that following uh, Mary, Mayor Barry's uh, resignation and the budget uh, problems that we're having right now, and you saw this bubble up during the special election for mayor, 
that we're experiencing a lack of public trust for local government. Um, that trust extends to how the city spends money and even though they were kind of old stories, but like the Ascend uh, Amphitheater story bubbled back up and uh, having, having flood money spent for, uh, for that, um, that project. Uh, if we raise property taxes, um, the first thing people are going to ask you as council members is what assurances do taxpayers have that that money is going to be spent well? So I answered in uh, two parts uh, for um, this next upcoming fiscal year, starting in July, going until the following June, there's 100% certainty about what it gets spent on because simultaneous to the rate change would be a budget being passed. And um, the substitute budget that's before the council right now that would reflect the rate increase um, is very clear about where the money gets spent. Um, it fully funds the cost of living increases. It fully funds the school request. Um, it takes the $38 million worth of one-time sales off the table, so that's 23 of uh, real estate and 15 for parking meter enforcement. And um, it puts back $9 million worth of money into our 5% funds, which is basically our savings account. And that's it. Um, the 100% certainty about what the money would be used for um, in this upcoming fiscal year. For the next two fiscal years, so the next reassessment in fiscal 20 and 21, the truth is that you know, we have to have some uh, responsibility from, um, from the, the council and the mayor, whoever the mayor is, um, that we spend it the right way. The way the 50 cent increase is designed is that for those other two fiscal years, it would fund the promised pay plan um, in fiscal 20 um, and uh, pay for known increases in debt service that we've got coming over the next couple of years and allow for 1.8% um, across the board inflation, um, which uh, is slower than the overall inflation in the economy, which is 2.5%. So basically, 50 cents covers the pay plan, schools, um, don't have one-time sales, replenish our bank account, our savings fund, and allow for basic 1.8% uh, inflation over the next couple of years, but it will require discipline in the two out years to make sure we actually follow through with that. I think we are at a point um, that we know better, um, so we're going to, to, to do better. Um, but it's going to require us as, as a body, meaning the, the council, to make sure that we are asking the right questions, that, that we don't take for granted um, the information um, that's being delivered to us. So it's going to require us, um, and I'm not saying not in a, um, in a hostile manner as it relates to, to whomever the, the, the administration would be moving forward, but it's going to require um, the, the, the council to, to begin asking um, more, more pointed questions as it relates to um, not just the budget, but everything that comes before us. If I could comment on that, the broader trust issue, I mean, that's a big deal. Um, oh, it's uh, huge. I mean, we, we know people all over the county are, are feeling that. I think a lot of us in the council are, are feeling that. I think a lot of us are replaying various initiatives over the last couple of years and thinking about, well, 
how would they go differently now that um, there isn't a benefit of the doubt um, being given to uh, mayor's office? Um, you know, one that plays in my mind is uh, um, Fort Negley, um, the development there. You know, the way that happened in reality was that from the time it first got raised, um, till the time where it got put on hold for archaeology to be done was about four or five months, another four or five months for the archaeology, and then it died. Um, and I, I think that's one where um, if it had to go over again, I'm not sure it would have needed to get to the archaeology um, to die. And I think it, it would have just um, uh, gone away at the front end because um, I think a lot of council members, I, I was one that was arguing, hey, let's pause it long enough to do the archaeology um, first, um, which turned out to be good. Um, but I, I think I, I, I would be more aggressive. I think we're seeing on all the uh, renewed en energy on how the 10 acres of development for the soccer stadium is um, going to happen or not. Um, I think I think that's one where there's, a, even if we haven't articulated this way out loud, I think that's one where the general consensus is the 10 acres got through off the benefit of the doubt um, given to administration. And um, that uh, currently doesn't exist in the mood of the electorate, um, and I don't think it exists in the mood of the council right now either. Uh, many of us will be evaluating every piece of legislation with, with a new lens. The prior administration, um, we had a popular mayor. She was um, adored by many, many in the chamber. I think that's set aside for, for this current administration and any administration um, coming coming forward um, it's a lesson it's a lesson learned and um, we're going to be looking at and evaluating things with 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 the new lens and I can say that I can say that with certainty um, Councilman Mendez mentioned Fort Negley um, when you asked the question my mind went to um, the the soccer stadium deal um, because I still have my reservations about about that but going back to 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 the ten acres, um, that that project is not. This is for the listeners. Is not um, is not finalized. There's still another vote that has to come um, before before this body. I, I can say with with certainty that um, we're evaluating and looking at things with a different with a different lens, and and rightly rightly so because the city is questioning and, and they don't understand, again, how, how we're at this point. I want to push on that just for just a second, because I think that's a pretty extraordinary statement by both of you, that two and a half years into, uh, into a council term, there's a more assertive council. Shouldn't, should there have been a more assertive council, whether it's in terms of oversight or in terms of planning or whether it's in terms of an adversarial relationship to the, to the mayor's office, granted Mayor Barry has been very popular, but sh shouldn't it have been a more assertive council from the beginning? Well, I mean, that, that's a fair question. I would say a couple things. Um, one is, um, mayor, what was very popular. Um, secondly, I, I think, if you talk to a lot of metro department heads, um, they would say that this is the most assertive council that they ever remember ever. Um, you know, the first major piece of, of legislation we did um, 
that wasn't zoning. Uh, Council Lady Gilmore and I were the lead sponsors for fairly radically shaking up how tax increment financing is done and reported. And, um, you know, like the whole financing mechanism for the baseball stadium, which uses tax increment money from different redevelopment districts to be taken out of that redevelopment district and put into the baseball stadium, like that's illegal now, um, couldn't happen. That's relatively unsexy, but that's uh, very disruptive to um, how development had happened um, in the downtown area for the last 15 years. Uh, I mean, I, I could give more examples, but we've on the financial transparency end of things, um, you know, we've we've pushed, I think, harder than has happened recently. That's no knock on anybody. I think that was the mood of the electorate in 2015. I think that's what we heard when we ran for office and what people wanted. Um, that said, uh, like, yeah, um, like I, I know for sure, speaking only for myself, that uh, um, there were um, some you know, like around the edges um, the uh, former mayor was popular enough where she was going to get stuff passed. I, I've put in a blog post on the soccer stadium. It was clear it was going to pass. It was absolutely going to pass. It ended up passing 31 to 6. Um, and um, of the dozen and a half changes made to the legislation, um, I think um, I, I drafted um, most of them. And it was focused on adding conditions um, especially around the 10 acres, um, because uh, just saying no, being a voice of no, was that would just make it 30 to 7, and we weren't going to get there um, and accomplish anything. I felt um, in that moment with the popularity of the mayor um, that uh, adding conditions for the things that yet to be done um, would be more valuable for the voters. Um, I, I guess my point is that at this point, I think it's... Uh, um, we're in a position to be more proactive at the front end um, um, in calling, you know, things what we think they are. Uh, uh, yeah. So it's not that we we weren't assertive. So I want to make make that abundantly clear. <laughs> I'm saying we're going to be more assertive. And um, I go back to we we know better, and um, we're just we're going to be evaluating and looking at things with with a with a different with a different lens. I know we're running a little bit short on time here. I want to ask about a couple of things. One, do you think that Rich Riebling's time uh, in Metro government should be extended, or would you be in favor of him leaving uh, the Bradley administration? Ms. Ms. Vircher seems like she's got a response ready to go for that. And I want to go back to the the public trust, too, that dynamic, because I want to be clear as it relates to that. The, the, the lack of public trust had absolutely nothing to do with the decisions of, of, of the council. And we know what, what, what spurred that. Um, we had a, a scandal in, in the executive level, and then um, now we're, we're presented with, with budgetary challenges. But I believe as a city, we are still healing from um, from the um, from the disappointment of, of the scandal and now is is compounded with um, um, challenges of, of the budget and um, the lack of the uh, the commitment um, not my words um, many what we heard from the public hearing as it relates to funding the cola and, and, and funding schools so all of that just just compounds what they were already feeling as it relates to um, uh, Mr. Riebling, 
um, that decision would have to come solely from, um, from the mayor. I would hope that the mayor would exercise judgment in identifying um, the best talent for his staff and the best talent for the city so that any ideas of uh, misconceptions of or any perceptions um, that um, Mr. Rieblin is spurring or, or have any involvement with with where we are now. I don't like to get into, into the, con- the conspiracy of it, but the decision, um, I would put it solely on, on the mayor for him to make sure that he has the best talent around him and the best individuals that's going to make the best decisions for the city. So here's what I think about uh, um, the question. Uh, if the mayor asked for my advice on it, I would say um, that Rich Riebling has been um, a public servant at the city and state level for, I think, since the 80s um, and um, has done a lot of great things. Um, the, there's, there's two major opinions about um, Mr. Riebling out in the community. One is that um, he's the guy that has architected um, the um, gleaming downtown that we see, which is objectively a huge uh, tourism draw and is part of what the city is right now. And then the uh, other end of the spectrum, there's an opinion that, um, um, you know, he uh, doesn't doesn't do it quite the way he should do it, and he's got to go. He's more a problem than not. And I, I would tell the mayor that... Uh, um, at this point, it doesn't really matter which opinion's right or wrong. Um, uh, that that probably um, the the current environment requires um, him to go. Um, he uh, certainly is involved in every major project that the city has going on, and I'm I'm sure um, I, I would tell the the mayor that there ought to be a, a reasonable transition period. Um, uh, but I think there ought to be a transition, is what I would tell him. Uh, last thing, I'm going to loop back around uh, to, to a kind of a longer term question. Given the city's debt service needs right now, can we borrow more for future capital spending? And if we can't, what does that mean for the city? So one of the things, again, very uninteresting day in and day out that we did was um, we passed a, a ordinance um, last year to to have Metro um, revise its debt management policy. And, and honestly, the previous policy was two sentences long, which I'm paraphrasing, but basically said, we'll think about it every year. Um, and, and now it's several pages long. And the argument I made to the finance folks of the administration is, hey, there's like three of you guys, um, guys, uh, uh, Talia Lomax-O'Neill, the, the budget director, and Rich Riebling and a couple other folks over there who get together every year and look at a whole bunch of stuff, statistics, growth projections, revenue, and decide based on that what's what's a debt load that's appropriate for the city. And the same group of under five people have been deciding that for uh, decades. Um, and my point was, if you all got hit by a bus, like I'm not sure anybody else would even know what you look at. You got to at least put in the policy a list of the things that you look at and you consider. And that's that got done. We passed it. They revised the debt management policy that's out there. Um, a thing that I think we the city does relatively well um, is at least 
Um, there are not debt decisions that are made only on a year-by-year basis. I mean, there, there is a full schedule of what the debt service is out um, for 30 years, and, um, and we're not at any sort of raise a red flag level of we can't borrow any more money. We're, I would say, yellow flag. Um, we need to be cautious about how we allocate our debt dollars, um, but we, we definitely have the capacity um, to, uh, to, to borrow more, and, um, and we need to do that. Um, in, any, any big municipality, you know, part, part of life is, is uh, debt. You know, debt isn't bad. You know, a lot of us have mortgages, um, that car loans, you know, that's not bad to borrow money. It's just it's bad if it's out of sync with what your budget is. Thank you both for your time. Really appreciate you coming in and uh, look forward to seeing what happens in the budget. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much. 